What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Central Virginia Sport Performance Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jay DeMeo, and today I am super fired up to introduce our third presenter for the 2024 edition of the Central Virginia Sport Performance Seminar, Dr. Mike Davis. Mike, man, I've been hoping to get you down here. I've been hoping to get you on the show, hoping to get you down here as part of the event. Uh, for a long time we've we've kind of bounced this idea back and forth a little bit here super excited to have you super excited to have you on the show today um i can't thank you enough for for not just spending the time with us today but you know your, your friendship and your openness to discuss so many things in and outside of the world of sport with me over the past shoot it's got to be almost 15 years now man uh but yeah dude thanks and stoked to have you here today bud yeah, man, I appreciate you having me, having me here, coach. You know, like you said, we have been been thinking about this and talking about this for a while. So let's get it done. Yeah, man. So listen, before we get too far into the weeds here, you know, for the three quarters of a human in our vocation that, that may not know, you know, who is Mike Davis and, and what do you got cooking up there in, in you know, the DMV, bud? Uh, where, where you want to start, man, like who is Mike Davis? I mean, in short, I would just say that, that I'm just a pursuer of truth, right? Like my um, credentialing is, uh, you know, in physical therapy, I'm a doctorate of physical therapist from uh, Temple University for a little bit. I've spent some time, <clears throat> you know, working with, with athletes of various sports, some NFL, some NWSL, some NBA. I've spent some time in the NBA, I've spent some time working with special operatives and tier one special ops. So, you know, I've spent some time um, dilly and dallying around in, in various things for the last several years. And uh, most recently transitioning out of the NBA, going back into, I guess you could call it more like the private sector to, uh, you know, further cast a, a net to be able to help as, as many people as I can. So I would say in a nutshell, man, that's it. You probably got a better bio than what I would have. But I think the the whole idea of the pursuer of truth is really a great synopsis of of you as a as a practitioner, as a person, as a man, and a, a reason why I look forward to our conversations, albeit they probably need to be more frequent. Um, but because you you know you you don't walk away when you you talk to, to Doctor Davis without sitting here and set, and having a note or two in your head to go back and really reevaluate some aspect of what you're doing, how you're doing it and what you're looking at. And it's, uh, it's really awesome, man. And, and I, I think that that's why we get along so well is that there's, there's constantly this need to not just push the envelope, but open it and look inside it, you know, because I think all too often people are just trying to, to push and push and push without actually knowing what's in front of them and what they're trying to get into. Yeah, yeah very much so. So, you know, in your last venture, you're you're in a situation where you're working with some of the best athletes in the world and some of the best people to do what they do, both on the men's and the women's side. And I think that that is something that is an exceptionally unique position to be in and a unique driver for someone who's as inquisitive as you are. 
So let me ask this question to to Mike. When you're dealing with with these people that are some of the best of the best, when you start your day and you start to to begin to work with these people, what is what is Mike Davis's number one step when he starts to to introduce himself and build in with a new athlete client? Uh, number one step, I would say, is to uh, take a moment to to kind of get a, a a read on the situation so that I can uh, respond in a way that is beneficial for the situation. So in saying that, Coach, what I mean is a lot of times I think we come in and we're really trying to control the situation and we're really trying to, um, in some ways, like, insert our authority to a situation. But for for me, when I start the day, it's more of how can I be helpful to this situation with the people that I'm working with today? Um, you know, so in, in my case it was more of the athletes because, you know, that's that's who I'm seeing seeing up front most most often. So with that it's it's what can I what can I do that's going to be helpful for today? And in doing that, that means that I have to listen, right? So it's more about collaboration than it is about um, controlling the situation. So it's kind of taking a pause, taking a breath, and, you know, and kind of reading the room. Which is challenging because we're taught so often, whether it be schooling or through internships or apprentice-type situations that, controlling the room and running the room is one of the most important things. Yeah. But a lot of times, if you don't know who you're dealing with, then you don't know how you can be helpful. Right. So, you know, you have, you know, player X coming in and if you're looking at them, as just a, an ankle, you know, or, or just a, whatever, whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, but you're not looking at them as a, as a human and understanding that this is, this is more than just a particular data point. That it is a um, you know it's a living person. It's a this is a, a um, it's it's more than just an athlete. Not to you know sound cliche or what have you, but you if you don't take some time to understand the um, the person as a person, then you'll miss a lot of opportunities of which you could be helpful, and ultimately that you can learn yourself as well. Yeah, and and along those lines, that helps you then find the rabbit holes you need to run down and better ways that you can provide for those people. Because if you don't understand who they are and how they are understanding the directions of the modalities or whatever it may be that you need to implement for them to be at their highest level. And this is whether it be a PT realm or just a physical preparation realm, you're, you're leaving so much on the table because pun intended there, because if you don't understand how they are, who they are and what they are, go into a tool may be the complete wrong direction. Yeah, 100%. Bro. So when we go back to what we talked about in the intro and in, in terms of, you know, I think sometimes, bro, you have to ask yourself, like, why are you here, right? So like when you ask me, who am I? And, and the response is a pursuer of truth, right? In pursuit of that, you know, if you want to say every day with every interaction, it's important for you to, for you to remember that. So in the remembrance of that, if you really want to get to, you know, to the truth, you have to, you have to understand all aspects, right? Not just like what you were saying, whether it's a, a physical therapist, 
uh, medical part or if it's a, a preparation or performance part, like you want to you want to plant a seed that is going to bear a certain fruit that will bring about revelation to the situation. So, you know, I think a lot of times we do a, we do a fair amount of things out of context, and that's why we find ourselves stuck in a rabbit hole because we're skipping some steps. Yeah, and those steps are really the ones that I think that more often when you talk to people that are high level and are doing things and finding success with not just a specific individual, but a wider variety of people are the ones that are really separating lack of a better term, the haves from the have nots, right? Because it, it as cliche as it is when all you see is, you know, when all you have is a hammer, all you see is nails, right? Yep. But when you understand what you're trying to mold and build and grow with, you then have a better opportunity to understand hammer, nail, screwdriver. I mean, obviously these aren't the tools you use with people, but um, what the implement or best practice would be for that person. And I think that that's tricky because all too often, you know, like it, it was really cool. When was it in uh, the BSMPG? When, then when Art had the whole Canada crew there, was that like 2010 or 2009? And everybody started talking about not being in silos and, and all that. But it almost may be just as important to, you know, is to not be in those silos when it would be with a strength coach or with a physical therapist or an athletic trainer. Maybe not to have silos, but to to have some invisible fences to understand where you can help and where you need to bring in other people to build these things out because then you could even do better work for people. Then yeah, no doubt. Like, I mean, th I think that's one of the um, the challenges within you know professional sports is that while we talk about not having silos, um, there's a little bit more than an invisible fence from whether you're saying medical to performance to player development to coaching and and I think that what is needed more is 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 more of um, what you're talking about with an invisible fence where people can understand how their part is it bleeds into other parts and how really medical performance you know medical performance player development coaching they're all members of the same team. And while we say that and people are like, of course they are, I think people forget that, that, you know, whether you're talking about, um, you know, it's post game and the coach is getting hammered because the team lost. In some places, medical and performance are like, well, the guys were available, they were prepared, we did our job. And while some of that is true, there's still some aspects of which you still are a part of that coaching team while that coach is is leading that part because the game is is been lost you know there there's still a, a part that you play just like if a, a player is not available and sometimes you know player development or coaching staff may feel like well you know that's on medical well it is kind of on medical because medical leads that charge but they're still a part of that that medical support group so it's very much like clearing clearing a building right like you got a five-man team that comes into the building. Who's ever the first person is clearing the first door, 
right? But then the next person goes and sets the next perimeter. Now that person is in charge, right? So, you know, when it's availability, it is medical that's leading. When you're looking at, um, you know, certain work rate attributes, then maybe it is performance that's leading. When you're looking at, you know, a skill set, maybe it's player, player development. When you're looking at, you know, tactical, then it's coaching. But all of those are still part of the, the same the same team. It's just different people are leading different parts and, and then certain people play supports in certain parts. But I think we forget that. I think when we say it, everyone will agree. But I think when you look at it, that it's not happening that way. No, it's completely not. Because I think all too often going to make this go full circle, right? People's egos get in the way. It's really hard to... To, to do two things with that, at least in my opinion, right? One, to take that on the chin and not to, you know, and to, to, to take that on the chin when it is what you need to do and to self-audit and try to find something better or to look at maybe what you may have not done that was as good as was required but also to not sit there and when it's not your time or you can be more of an assistant in helping in the situation and not either fighting for your time or throwing the baby out with the bathwater and not contributing at all to the situation. Yeah, that's true. Because I think that, especially in, in in my side of it, what you see more often than not is it's just like, oh, well, player X has an ankle injury. All right, well, they've got to come in and do their upper body stuff because they can lift. They can do upper body. They can do things on their good leg. They have to do stuff on their good leg. Well, do they? Or is the the rehab situation right now more important? And should you not be doing things to assist in that process to return the player back to what they they need to be able to do, which is to get back on the court to reestablish their skill set so that they're able to get back on the court and participate in the game. But I think that it, all too often it turns into it turns into a tug of war instead of two people trying to push a car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which like to me coach goes like this, right? So let's say you got you have player X that's coming in. All too often, you, you don't you don't really have an understanding of, and people that know me, this will sound like a broken record, but why is player X here? What is what is it that, whether it's the the college, you know, NBA, the organization, what is it that they want to see from this person, right? So like, you you have a, a draft pick and you pick this person, they come in, and without knowing why that person is here and what are the projections, you know, or relative expectations, expectations is a, is a tricky word, but the relative expectations for this individual, then how do the supporting cast know how to come into support of that, right? So let's say, let's say you have, you know, player X comes in and they don't have any any active, let's say, medical issues, right? But you go through your assessment and you're like, you know, uh, let's say the left ankle is a 
you know, a little off, like it doesn't, it's no pain or whatever, the person is functional, but it lacks some, some eversion, you know, uh, capacity. And, but you know, it's again, no pain or what have you. So people are like, oh, it's not medical. You know, they go through the wave room. You see a little, a little bit of asymmetry stuff, asymmetrical stuff from left to right, but nothing that's, you know, that's glaring or what have you. But then you go to player development and you're looking at this guy on the court and this guy is, is in the left corner. And every time they come out of the left corner on a pin down, they're having a hard time with a curl route, right? They're like, they're bending it or, or they're, not, they're not able to get where the coach wants them to get. A lot of times people will say, well, that's, you know, they got to figure that out on the coaching side. That's a coaching thing. That's a player development thing. You know, they're within the norms, within the weight room. They're within the norms, within medical. When the reality is that maybe the person is having a difficult, difficult time on that pin down coming out of that left corner because their left leg is the inside leg. And in order for them to, to go around, they need a certain capacity of, you know, let's say ankle eversion or hind foot eversion that exceeds what we've established is the, is the normative bandwidth of what is the acceptable range of the foot and ankle. So while it's not necessarily a medical problem, medical and performance could help player development vastly in that if they assessed within context of why that person is here. If you know that that person's gonna be left corner and you want that person coming off of a pin down into a little curl for you know a shot or what have you, it helps you to, to better understand what it is that we're we're supposed to be doing. Without that, you're just, you know, you're just looking at if we want to say GPP, if you want to look at, you know, general preparation and so forth. And not to say that that's not that's not needed or that's not good. It it is, but context is gonna is gonna be a recurrent thing. Like what is what is the proper application of what we're doing relative to the person? And without knowing the person or knowing the um, the projections of the person. How do you how do you do that? Well, I, I, you can't. And like you you can't, and I think that that's where I think you touched on two things there that get tricky for sometimes uh, for people in, in both sides, right, in the performance and the rehab setting. Because it's it's a tricky situation where you now have to understand the technical task tactical side of the sporting activity, but you have to truly understand the biomotor aspects of it. Because I think all too often people watch practice or people are observing during the game. And they know just enough from what they watch to be dangerous in a sense that they put the athletes in positions or they're working off thought, thought processes or assumptions that they have come up with in the technical tactical realm that actually are not specific and they're just running more GPP things that they feel are specific, 
but in fact they're slowing down the process because they're not putting them in the actual positions and actions that are truly what they see on the daily and what they're being asked of in their true competitive environment. Yeah, you you are uh, you starting to open up a a bunch of different pathways of which this could turn into, right? Like for me in particular, whether I'm looking at, you know, uh, um, a professional athlete within the organization, professional athlete outside the organization, uh, you know, a, what we would call general pop, um, regular patient. The question is again, why am I here? And if I'm here to help, what am I helping? if I don't have context of what is needed to help. And if I, and if I really wanna help and I wanna have context of what's needed to help, then I have to have a certain understanding of the situation. So if I don't, if I don't have an understanding of, of the needs of the person that I'm trying to help, then I'm handcuffed. And I think you, you'll see that, you'll see that a fair, a fair amount is that you know, people will come into a situation and I think they, I think there is some feeling of that they're there to help, but I think they kind of get hit with, you know, I've got a job to do, so let me do my job, but they're skipping the step of not understanding what their job is as it pertains to that particular situation. So it's a, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting, like, like what we were talking about a little bit offline. It's an interesting kind of like human characteristic because, like, you can apply this example to professional sports in a manner that you know makes sense isolated to that example. But my my question or my concern is that do we understand how that problem is also ever present in things even outside of that? Yeah, and that's that's a challenging pivot to have professionally because you need to take a step back and really try to wait where you are coach what's your what's your process to um so so you're going into a situation right and you're and you're there to kind of do your job. What do what do you do as almost like a in the moment self audit, if you will, to know whether or not you are you are where you kind of need to be to even begin to help? Does that make sense what I'm asking you? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um so like, let's say you come into a situation, right? And um, and just like what you said before, like player has an ankle issue and they're there, they're there in the, in the weight room. And it's like, all right, well, should we be doing upper body lift? Should we do the other leg, whatever? And let's, let's say you say they should, but then medical comes in and they're like coach what are you doing or whatever i don't i don't know the exact relationship that you have with your staff there but um they come in and they kind of question what you're doing 
what did, what do you do for your yourself in an attempt to try to make sure that that conversation doesn't go left and kind of can still be an edifying exchange? Yeah, I mean, I guess the cop-out answer, right, is that you would hope that you have the relationships built prior that that situation wouldn't arise. Mm -hmm. um, but eliminating kind of the easy way out, I guess that the first thing that you would have needed to establish prior if that initial conversation was not had was the relationship and the positioning with the player to see what they need, right? Like you brought up earlier, and understanding kind of the stress response with that person and what is or isn't important to them. You know, for example, we have a, a newer player who came in through the portal who, if he were to have a day that he was a little dinged up, he would prefer probably to spend his time in the training room getting taken care of getting rehab you know making sure that he's as close to 100 percent as possible there's another young man that came in with him who would probably more lean more towards the opposite mm -hmm. where he would be like no like i want to come in and do stuff on my other leg I, I i need to come in and lift for my upper body like i need to do something you know, because I, I think that when, when you look at these situations and it truly is about dose and response and understanding who you're dosing with what, um, for some people adding the extra or doing the alternative is such a big stressor that it's going to impede the entire adaptive process because it's going to take so many reserves away because they're tweaking out about x y and z whereas people on the other end of the spectrum may be looking at this as if i don't do something extra or i don't take advantage of this time to get whatever it may be done with my upper body i'm wasting time and i'm wasting what i could be doing to get better and this then limits their opportunity to recover and adapt and do the things that they need to do with the training room because they're wasting so many reserves basically borrowing trouble over not doing things you know i think all too often people look at responses to situations and they say they, they look at it as it's it's black and white it's rest or recover it's push or it's pull it's whatever it may be but when, when people are different things stress different people differently so if you don't understand what stresses the person and what helps the person in a psychological sense in that manner, then you're not going to be able to get them back the way they need to be anyway. Yeah, I think, like, I agree with, with what you're saying, Coach. I think the thing that's uh, that kind of will, will go back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier is, like, if when that player comes in, if there is a, a understanding of why that player is there and there is a collective understanding of, you know, what's needed to um, fulfill the projected potential 
from medical, what's needed to, to fulfill that projected uh, potential from performance, from player development, from the coaching staff. If you have those things, now when that player injures an ankle, you can go back and say, okay, relative to medical, relative to performance, relative to player development, to coaching, what's on the table, which is a part of their, their overarching plan of progression, what's on the table still was off the table. Right. And, and when you, when you do that, then in those moments of where it may be a little bit of a, you know, of a, of an emotional challenge or whatever between the departments, like, why are they doing such and such, or we really need to do this, or this, this case is medical. Now, if you've had that discussion, it can, it can mitigate some of those issues because everyone knows the, the part of what they're playing and clearing the room. But too often, what we what we do is, okay, that person's got an ankle injury. So now it's like you're stopping everything and everything doesn't necessarily need to be stopped, but you don't have the conversations about what is on the table, what's off the table. And I know that like, as, as I'm talking and saying this, that, you know, a lot of people will think like, well, of course that happens, but it doesn't, those, those conversations don't happen in the way in which um, people think that they would happen. And even if we go outside of sports and you think about the conversations that um, that you have with your friends or significant other, like there's a lot of times that you skip steps and you assume in, in that situation as well. And that assumption puts you in a, in a you know, worse spot later on because you didn't have the the check-in conversation that you you could have had but you need to have that first thing first so that you can set it up where you have the the check-ins does that make sense what i'm saying to you coach yeah man 100 percent. and i think that building out those thought processes are 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 hard they're why do you say they're hard? You think they're complicated? Um, I think getting to that point requires a big step back, a big deep breath, and a big dose of humble pie that in today's day and age is not the special at the restaurant. Yeah, I agree. I guess I guess the question that, and this is one of those topics that you and I go back and forth about on uh, on our conversations or whatever as well. But it's like, why are we at a point where it's like, oh, it takes a big piece of humble pie? Why, like, why are we why are we at at those? Are we that thin skinned? Like, again, like, what are what are we here to do? If we're here to achieve a certain thing, then there's going to be, I don't want to try to use the, the vulnerability word, but like there's, there's going to be a degree of transparency. There's going to be a degree of like, of, of banter back and forth because certain things are going to need to be questioned. Certain things, just because I'm coming from medical doesn't mean that you don't have the right to, to ask for an explanation on something. So that not that you're questioning me, but you're furthering your understanding of the situation so that you know how you can support it. If I can't explain to you what what's going on with this particular situation, how do, again now how do you know how to support? 
and your support is going to be critical in getting this person back. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, but for some for some reason, like when we when we say this in this conversation, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I can only speak from my experiences, right? And like, it doesn't it doesn't happen. No, right. It rarely happens. And it takes a special relationship with the people that you're there with to trust them and to be open enough to, again, like, we, we do talk about this quite a bit. And I do think that this is something that maybe it's a sign of the times. Maybe it's just one of those things that is what it is when it comes to people being people. But I think part of the fear, if that's the right term to use here, of allowing for those questions to be asked and to not take it as being questioned for many people is, is hard because then you're, you actually have to justify in a rational, thought out, short, concise, you know, the, the cheesy cliche of, you know, explain it like you're like they're five so that everyone understands where they're going so that, yeah, maybe there is, even if it's as simple as just a different lens to be looked at, like maybe there's something you're missing. And I, but what I think happens all too often is people don't look at those situations as how can we do this better? People want to do it better, but they want to do it better by themselves so that when push comes to shove, it can't turn around and be said, well, so-and-so was the reason behind it, not what you were doing. Yeah, I mean, I hear you on that. I hear I hear a lot of people, a lot of people say say something similar to that. I think to me the um the the kind of reality of the situation is for a person to be successful is it's a it's a multifaceted thing, right? Like you can try to say, well, oh, this was the the tipping point or what have you, but it's a it's a multifaceted collaborative thing. It's so it's so many things that factor into a person's success. And it's uh it's it's kind of impossible for one person to be everything that a person needs. A, one person can be very important to a person, but they won't be everything that a person needs. And if the if whomever is involved is uh is understanding of, of that, um they'll include those other things and they'll they'll understand those other things. Are, are helping to make their thing more potent. So, so follow me on this coach. Like, I think a lot of times people will be accused of being selfish, right? But in, in my opinion, I think that a lot of people are not that good at being selfish. And what I mean is this, like when you look at being selfish, you're trying to, you're trying to get the, let's say the most for yourself, but like, the most in the most efficient way you know what i mean so like in order in order for your job to be the easiest it can be 
you need the help of other people. You need the, you need the other areas taken care of. Because if, if not, then it creates more work for yourself and more work for yourself is not necessarily, in my opinion, you know, the goal of, of being selfish. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I guess I've never thought of selfish in that sense, but it makes complete sense. What does it mean to you? Like when you say someone's being selfish, what does that, what does that mean to you? Well, I guess in light of the conversation that we've been having, I would, I would say that it, it would be what would be leading to the problems that I brought up, right? Is that you're more concerned about what you're doing than who and why you're doing it, you know, like with. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe the mistake, maybe, I don't know if it's a mistake, but the, the way that I'm looking at selfish is if you're being selfish, you're trying to be self-preserving. And in the preservation of self, you are a part of the ecosystem. So if that ecosystem is working optimally, meaning everyone is doing their part, then your ability to be preserved is higher. When the ecosystem is not in sequence, your, your ability to preserve is less because there's more things of which you have to do. Yeah, I can, I can dig that. <laughs> you can dig that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think, I think that that's, yeah. So again, same, same thing that we talked about with the athlete. Why is the athlete here? Right? So when I say selfish, what is it that I mean by selfish? Because if I don't, if I don't tell you what I mean, what I mean about selfish, and you're operating under your context of what you think selfish is, and it happens to be slightly different, then our ability to walk forward in this in this conversation is going to be challenged because we're coming from two different points of reference, right? So maybe what I'm saying is selfish is not what you mean, but if we can discuss the concept of what I'm saying selfish is, or what I'm proposing that it is, then we can move forward better than us, you know, going back and forth about, well, that's not selfish or this is selfish because my definition is different than yours. We haven't identified that the definitions are different. So what we're going back and forth about is just the difference of opinion of what selfish is, which if we talked about what we mean by it, we're probably, we're probably more aligned than, than not. Yeah, but without being on the same page, it won't matter. Yeah, which is which is like the the bottom of most of the uh, the arguments or the the points of contention that we uh, we find ourselves in. Yeah, man. But I also think that when we're looking at understanding terminology and why that's important and how that probably leads to a vast majority of the headaches that we have in those situations to, to come to these conclusions uh, for most of us, me in particular, pointing both thumbs right now 
It's because you, you know, I've fallen on my face and have seen firsthand where some things like that lead into a lot of square pegs and round holes. Um, but I also think that this is a good point to kind of pivot to the big three doc and, and get these going because I, I think that we're starting to run down this rabbit hole. The first one. Mm-hmm. So if you could for us discuss, you know, a mistake that you see made in this vocation that we're part of, you know, the strength and conditioning and performance world. And, and how do you think we can be better to, to avoid it and correct it? Yeah, I think um, maybe it's just like on the on the front of my mind with some of the things that I've been recently looking at. But I think one of the, the big problems is context. So I think we're in a we're in a realm of of a lot of um, data collection and so forth. But I think that that it lacks like context. Right. So player X needs um, X amount of range of motion. OK, for what? Um, is it just because we're going off of just a, a general scale or is this, is this, um, more specific or, or more aligned with what this player needs, you know, player needs to, to gain weight. Why is the gaining weight going to make them a better player? And if so, in, in which ways are you proposing and how, how do we gain that weight? So if I had to like, like kind of sum that up, I would say like one of the biggest mistakes is, is lack of context. We're, we're chasing um, particular, you know, certain numbers or certain attributes absent of context, which goes back to like what we were talking about before. Why is, why is that player here? What is it that we're trying to achieve? Yeah, I think that, that that's so important. And I think that people should probably hit the back 30 second button about 10 times just to, to run through that again and to really take a breath and, and think about it because again, all too often, it's simply just like we're doing things to tick boxes to make sure that we've kind of covered our own asses to do what we feel the athlete needs to move from box A to box B to box C. And it's not necessarily about what is vital and important and indicative of what this athlete is, does, and is being held accountable to. And that is a bigger limiting factor to everyone's advancement and improvement more so than whatever progressions regressions lateralizations and all the fun cool words that we come up with nowadays could ever be and that that doesn't mean like not to have your um you know like your framework right but because you should you should have a framework like we're going to do a before b b before c whatever but before you just you know um apply that framework to a situation, you need to see how the situation uh, uh, fits the framework. And are there certain audibles or what have you that, um, that need to be done relative to this person 
as it pertains to your framework, but that's also how you refine your framework, right? Like, so that every time that you're going through something or most of the time that I'm going through a case or going through a particular day, I'll go back and look at to audit it, right? Like, okay, was, was this appropriate? You know, there, there's times where um, I'm rambling a little bit on you coach, but there's times where like I'll, I'll have in my mind what it is I'm gonna work with a, a person on for that day. And we'll, you know, we'll get to the table and I'm, you know, starting working with their feet, what have you. And that person will ask me a question about, let's say their hip. And in my mind, I'm like, you know, I know what I got, got planned for the day. So I'm like, yeah, 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 I hear you, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then they'll ask me again. And then sometimes I have to stop and say, you know, what might like, if they're asking you about it, they're in their body 24 seven. So maybe, this is an opportunity for you to learn more about them, which may cause you to, to pivot on your current plan, or it may enhance the current plan. But right now they, they have some information for you that you may need to, you may need to listen to. And oftentimes when I stop and I listen to them, like it brings a, a greater context for, uh, for me to, to have a better understanding of how I can be helpful for that day. So back to your question, man, I would say, uh, you know, it's about, it's about context like that. That's where I see most of the mistakes is, you know, you're um, operating out of, you know, outside of the jurisdiction, if you will, of context. Yeah. And I think that connecting all of those things and understanding all of those things, it, it requires, again, it, growth development and continuing to pursue better questions right like i think that we all chase answers but i think that you know finding questions that we didn't even know existed or is really the true driver of being inquisitive and, in, and intuitive in what we're doing so i think that understanding where this context can help build and drive things leads us right into the second. And that is, you know, what are some directions doc that you think practitioners in, in both sides can do better with when it comes to improving their knowledge in these situations? I think, um, as, as it pertains to that, but like I'm, I'm kind of back onto the, to the first a little bit kind of wraps back into that. But like, even when we say like context, right? Like that's, you're not done by just saying context. It's still, it's still, all right. So what do we mean by context, right? You're looking at a counter movement jump and somebody shows the asymmetry and your asymmetry right to left. And you're, you're saying, okay, well, we need to do this more on the, on this leg versus that leg. But if you have proper context, maybe that person, it's, it's not a, a strength attribute, let's just say, um, in the sense of um, that you need to make the muscle, let's, let's say, stronger. Maybe that person has a slight leg length difference, or maybe that person has, you know, again, an ankle restriction that is showing that up. So for you as the, as the performance coach, and before you go and say, um, you know, this person needs to do X, Y, and Z exercises on this. 
like have you have you cleared the room as it pertains to them on context like hey does this person have any um joint issues let's just say for this for this example that could be contributing to this so when you first get that data back are you really at the point of which you can say something um directed about what needs to be done about the data or is that data just another opportunity for you to ask another question right now we may get to a point where we can't answer or ask another question or we can't answer the question that's being proposed because we're just not there yet right you have to be okay with that so so that context thing can be a little bit can be a little bit tricky because it doesn't just it's not just like oh context and it's something that you're gonna um that you may get to easy so so with that as you talk about like where can you go for um for you know to further your education it's it's really like you have to keep asking questions you have to keep asking um yourself do you understand what you think what you think that you know to understand today like does this still hold up are you doing the audits i don't think that coach that there's a um i think we have a, a desire to try to learn something new or to try to um try to see like what what's the new thing that certain that a certain set of people are talking about or you know what's the current research on this and i think the the problem is that you're applying research on top of a on top of a um i'm going to say unstable foundation in the sense of that a lot of a lot of times we find ourselves ignorant to the history of things so we don't we don't really go back to really try to understand you know um the the nuances of the things that have come before us like you go back and you look at you know um physical culture and and what what really was that was it just you know the lifting of weights um because if you go back and look at a lot of of the old school you know physical culturists they were more renaissance people it was it was much more eclectic than just you know, um, isolated exercise. Yeah, because understanding how holistic the entire process is, is what we say we do, but all too often we just look at it through our own little microcosm of the world that we live in. Yeah. So I guess to like summarize that that, that uh your your second question would would be more um you know uh don't be ignorant to the history of things. Don't be ignorant to the history of things. I dig that. That's or strive. Let's say strive not to be right. Yeah. Like your your quest is is to understand. Like if a person is saying, you know, if you're looking at Stu McGill's work, okay, well, what shoulders is he standing on? Where do you get Where do you get this from? What was the question that he was trying to answer? for this yeah because I, I think that and that's something that I've selfishly like it's nice to hear because it's something I really strive to do with this is to go as far back as possible to find the true creators to understand what the initial thought process is so we can then build forward to understand maybe not understand, but at least have some sort of a, a guesstimate as to how it has gotten from where they determined it to where it is now. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I don't know if that answers your question, but not completely, man. And I think that that that's part again selfishly that's fun for me is doing these things and then finding those that people have learned from and those who people have collaborated with and those, you know, the, the people that, that I learned from and who they learned from and those sort of things to, to continue to try to untangle this, this power cord of, of training, right. Where we can actually maybe figure out why the wire is the way the wire is, but it's, it's a big reason why I enjoy our conversations, man, because it's, there's always the, the next layer to, to, to look under when, when we talk. And I think that that's what, what makes a lot of this fun. Yeah. I think that uh, like, as we, as we talk about like some of this thing, some of these things, I think uh, um, a problem that a lot of people will, will have with me is the amount of questioning. And I think going back to what you said earlier, I think that the misconception is that like I'm questioning you, where where the questions are really more, I'm questioning myself as, as do I understand what it is that is, is going on in this in this present thing so I, so even throughout this conversation and like when we first said um when i first said like context right so as i'm talking to you about context in my mind i'm thinking okay so what are the limiters of context what what would what would give people problems what would give you my problems when you're trying to explore context and it's oh it could be never ending hmm. but never ending for some can be paralyzing but just because you you don't know you do the best that you can do today knowing that you may be able to do better tomorrow and you have to be okay with that you know the way in which you train someone today coach like you know five years from now you may look back and you may say like man i could have done such and such with this player and and that's okay in in a lot of ways it should be that way if you're tending to the garden you should be becoming a better gardener each season right so you learn from from your from your um your previous failures uh you know if you will like you know you should you should seek to to quote someone you should seek to treasure the memory of the of your past misfortunes because they add more to the bank of of your you know current fortitude yeah because you have to continue to grow and you have to continue to evolve because it's again going back to your initial question you know why are they here well it's why you're here as a mm -hmm. practitioner it's it's why you're here to find better ways to to be better for these people or at least in my opinion it's why we're here yeah well, Doc, let me get you out of here on this, man. You know, this coming July, what can people expect from Dr. Mike Davis at the seminar? Yeah, that uh, that expectation word comes back up again, huh? I think uh, that's sometimes where we make a mistake is that we have expectations and 
and sometimes we have to manage them. But I think to to directly answer your question, um, what can be expected is is an inquisitive conversation, right? Like you're not, I'm not really there to just speak at people and to to you know to kind of um, dictate towards them. I'm there. I'm there to collaborate with them. So you know, in the in the spirit of expectation, you can expect a um, a person that's coming to you as a colleague with, you know, with the the thought and the feelings of, you know, let's let's pursue this path of of truth together. So it will it will definitely be conversational and uh, and you can expect a fair amount of questions. Yeah, man. I'm I'm super excited to have you back down here, man. I'm super excited to have you on the show today. I'm super excited to have you as part of the seminar, bro. And again, Doc, just like all our conversations, man, so much thought provoking, so much just open, honest, candid sharing. And I, I can't thank you enough, man. I, for everything you've done for me, how you continue to challenge me and help me continue to evolve. I, you know, I, I, couldn't be more excited to have the last, you know, 45, 50 minutes here on the show. And, and then to have you on the docket this July, I'm so excited. So grateful to have you as part of it, bro. It, this is fantastic. Well, man, those sentiments, you know, are mutual, bro. You know, well, I appreciate we, that. man. We just need to, we need to talk a little bit more, more frequently, which yeah, we will. With no doubt, man, a hundred percent. And you know, like, again, Thank you so much for your time today, brother. This is fantastic. And again, I can't wait for July to, to have you down here in the facility and, and rock and roll and, and, and get, get the seminar going again on campus where it should be and, and having you part of it means a lot. So thank you so much. Thank you, Coach. And likewise, man. Have a good day, brother. Yeah, man. And as always, thank you for everything y'all do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.